0: four by five. Uh, they say nine point tail bucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Praise God. So, God's good. All the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, received a text this morning uh, requesting prayer for uh, the Tenney Height family. It's a family we know in White River. Uh, Tenney Height passed away early this morning. So, they asked if we would pray for His family. Uh, Brother Craig will be handling his funeral this week as he's out there right now. And uh, anybody else have any other prayer requests this morning before we? Uh, 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 Okay. Gibby Sully, Gilbert Sully. Anybody else? Kamaya and uh, Enoch. Kamaya and Enoch. Still a lot of uh, afflictions, sickness. Whatever you want to call them, infirmities going around. I know a lot of people were hit by, I don't know what you would call them, the flu, uh, RSV, cold, the cold, and you name it. It's been everybody's been hit with it. But we're we're believing God. Thank God, we can pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Right Amen. That's right. And of course the needs for this work uh, here in Vermilion and all the churches. So if you would stand with me, let's pray this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity that we have given, Lord, this morning to come into this place, to call upon your name, Lord, and as you, amen, look down upon us, God, you know every heart, you know every person that is here, Lord, you know our needs, Your word says that you know every hair upon our head. So I pray, Lord, that you would minister to us, God, as you see, Lord, the burdens that we carry, and as we are instructed in your word to cast our cares upon you, Lord. We come before you, Lord, with all God, amen, the names, Lord, the needs, oh God. And we pray that you would minister, Lord. I pray that you would reach out to the Hyde family right now, Lord, Reach out to them, Lord. Comfort them, Lord, in this time of loss, O Lord. And I pray that you administer unto them through your word, O Lord. We pray for so many, Lord, that are afflicted. We pray for Gilbert Sully, Lord. We pray for Kamaya, Lord. We pray for Enoch, Lord, and for all others, God, who have been afflicted by sickness, Lord. We pray, God, for their recovery. We pray for their healing. Lord, we stand upon your word, Lord, and we thank you for that promise. God, that by your stripes we are all healed. We pray for this work, Lord. We pray for your people. We pray for their needs, O Lord, that you would go before them, that you would minister, Lord, unto them, O God, that you would meet the needs that they have. Lord, for their homes and for their families. Bless this work, Lord, this ministry, O God, Help us, Lord, that we can continue to be a light, Lord, and amen, unto this world, amen. Pour out your Spirit upon us, oh God, in this place, and Lord, open up our eyes that we may see, open up our ears that we may hear, God, in our, amen, Lord, our hearts, O Father, that we can see, Lord, your grace, Lord, your word, O God, bind us together. And we can be of one spirit, Lord, that we can be of one mind, in one place, in one accord, Lord, as one body, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen, Lord. And we thank you, God, for everything that you have done, Lord, for your salvation. Oh, God, for your love and your mercy, Lord. This we ask in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Amen, Lord. And we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Let everybody say amen. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. Victory, victory shall be mine. Amen. It shall be mine, shall be yours, if you really desire. And I thank Brother Aaron and Brother Dan for, amen, holding the fort down, keeping things going here. Praise God. Amen. That's what we all need to do. We just all need to continue. Go on with Jesus. I want to turn your attention uh, this morning in the the book of Matthew, chapter 22. And this is just a follow-up of what we have been, amen, looking into. It's always good to look into the Word of God, isn't it? Amen. Try to gain some kind of knowledge, some kind of understanding, and we were looking at scripture and, and a while back, a few weeks ago, where we talked about uh, the incarnation of Jesus Christ, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the own begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth amazing that through his birth he's brought he has brought the two worlds together he's brought heaven and earth together and that was his that was his plan of course the word was god in the beginning the word was with god and the word was god so that was his plan that was his thought from the beginning A lot of people don't understand when we talk about God uh, to really understand who he is and the nature of God the being of God even right now people look at it and of course their understanding is shrouded so many things that just kind of take away God's glory. We can't see it clearly. There's several things that kind of are a factor in that for us to to understand and see God clearly. And right now, there's so many people that really don't understand who God is. Amen. 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 Man has an idea. He's created a lot of gods. We all know that. Uh, Amen. I, I don't know how many false gods, when we talk about, if we're talking about God, I want you to understand, there's always going to be false gods. And so it's coming down to the point where we want to understand what it is to know the true God. Mm -hmm. And that's what Jesus was referring to in the book of John, when he said that that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, having somewhat of an understanding of, of the Greek and the, the way it's used in the, in the New Testament and even understanding the proper usage of certain words where when we talk about that particular scripture, that they might know thee, the true God. Mm-hmm. And to me, the correct translation should have been not and, right. even. Right. Even right. Jesus Christ whom thou hast said, because that yes. Greek word kai. So it kind of gives, gives you that point of it. Of course, you know, it, it still doesn't harm us in any way. Mm-hmm. We know who Jesus is. Yes. And, and so a lot of times, you will never know or you will never understand anything unless you ask. Right Amen. <laughs> How many of you like to ask questions?. Yes. How many of you are inquisitive? Yes. There's a lot of young minds in this room right here. Amen. One of the first words that they learn in their voc- vocabulary is, why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Huh? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why this and why that? Yeah. And, and that's where we learn it from. We It's, it's just in our nature to want to question. We want to ask. But, the, but, but a lot of times, we're not asking the right question. Right, right. Amen. 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 So I want to help some of you with that. <clears throat> if you're not asking the right question, that's fine, but I'll give you the right answer. <laughs> Before you even ask the question, maybe that will help you come to the point to ask the question for yourself. Because we all need to know it for our sound, Not for anybody else. You know the reason why I'm here? I'm here for myself. Yeah. My relationship. My connection with God. I'm here for myself. But when I'm here for myself, then I can be here for everybody else too. Right. Amen. That's how it works. Right. Amen. So anyway, here's, here's something. Here's, here's something interesting. Matthew 22, verse number 41. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them. Putting all the religious people in a position. In a position. Saying, what think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? Wow. Talking to all the doctors of divinity. (laughs) Right, right, right. Exactly. Amen. All of them that have their masters. Yes. PhDs. All All that up on the wall. Going right, going right, supposedly to the source and saying, hey, what do you think about Christ? Whose son is he? That's a legitimate question. Mm -hmm. And so they said unto him, the son of David. Mm -hmm. They answered him, of course, that's true, the son of David. He's the son of David. So look what he says. He saith unto them, how then doth David in spirit call him Lord, saying, the Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. If David then called him Lord, how is he his son? Ooh, that's a good question, isn't it? How is that even possible? How would you answer? all of you, Bible believers. How would you answer that question? If you you were students of the Word of God and and you had some understanding, well, it's good to have some understanding. I'm not Attacking anybody. It's good to have some understanding. There's nothing wrong with having understanding. Mm-hmm. But. Along with that understanding. You need to have revelation. Mm-hmm. 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 Is God, right? yeah. Amen. So. So you come to this point where. As he's asking a legitimate question. And you know they gave him. Half the answer. Yeah. Yeah. He said then how does it. How then doth David in spirit call him Lord? In other words, how why is he calling if he's a son of David, if he's his descendant, why is he addressing him as Lord? <laughs> People are scratching the head. How do we answer that question? It's a good question to ask, isn't it? Amen. And so he says, The Lord said unto my Lord. You notice the play in words here. The Lord, capital L O R D. Jehovah of the Old Testament said unto my Lord, capital L small o r d. See, those two are spelled for that reason. The Lord said unto my Lord. Sit thou on my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord said unto my Lord. Wow. (laughs) The Lord said to my Lord. That's almost like somebody saying, wow. Does that explain to?" Different persons. Is that what he's talking about? Two different personalities. The Lord said unto my Lord. Sit thou on my right hand. Of course. Sit thou on my right hand. Figurative speech. To sit on somebody's right hand, when, the, when it's used in context with God, you'll notice that. The right hand of God means the power of God. So to sit on the right hand of God means to sit in the power of God. Because the right hand denotes strength and power. So he said, the Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou on my right hand until I make thine enemies Thy footstool. Mm-hmm. So, in other words, what he's saying, sit in my power. Mm-hmm. Right. Amen. Right. Is that understandable? Yes. Until I make thine enemies thy name footstool. So he says, if David then call him Lord, how is he his son? Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, if he referred to him as Lord, if we re- he referred to Christ as being Lord, how is he his son? Amen. Good question, isn't it? Yeah. And hopefully I'm getting your minds... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's too early, I don't know. Too early. too early in the day to get your minds moving. Yeah, awesome. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Praise God. Don't, Amen. don't burden me with all that stuff just yet. <laughs> There's nothing, nothing like... Coming to the knowledge of the truth. So how would I do that? Wow. Let's go to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. And uh, the Apostle Paul is the one speaking here in Romans chapter 1. And this is what he says, I'm just going to start from the beginning, and verse number 1, Romans chapter 1, it says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Now, I want you to pay attention to what he's saying here. He's making reference here in verse number two, which he had promised afore by his prophets in the holy scriptures. In other words, this this was what he's talking about: the the gospel, the good news about Jesus Christ, was promised or was yeah afore by his prophets in the holy scriptures. In other words, it was spoken of. His prophets spoke of it. They prophesied. About his coming. They prophesied about Jesus' coming. And so that's what he's referring to. Then he says, concerning his son, Jesus Christ. So, <clears throat> you think about it. When they're using this language, concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Who are they talking about? God. Concerning his son. Whose son? God's son. That kind of lines up with the scripture that we all like to quote. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Okay? So it's talking about God. God's son. So he says that which was made, look what he says, of the seed of David according to the flesh. So God's son was made of the seed of David. Now pay attention to what he says. According to the flesh. So in other words, he was a descendant of David. He was actually a son of David. His great 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 great, great grandson, mm-hmm. yeah. a son of David, according to the what? The flesh, the humanity. The humanity, yeah. 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 according to the flesh. But then look what he says in verse number four. But declared to be the son of God. Now look what he said. He's talking about two things: the son of David and the son of God. Oh, that almost sounds confusing, doesn't it? (coughs) But it's not. And declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. So here's the answer to that question that he asked. Amen. The Pharisees. When he talked about whose son is he? <laughs> whose son is he? Amen. Well, let me tell you something. He is the son of God and he is the son of David. Yes. Amen. So when you take a look at it, you're almost, you're, you're looking, you're getting a, a understanding of the nature of God, Amen. of Amen. his being. Remember, the Word became flesh. God's God's plan became flesh. There was going to be a day, amen, that a son was going to be born. He was going to be begotten. Remember, I said begotten, not eternal. Right. Because there's no such thing as the eternal son. You won't find it in the Bible. No. I'll just save you a lot of trouble. Mm-hmm. Right. You'll hear the begotten son. Amen. Hallelujah. Yes. Okay. So, so you see that. So that kind of gives you a, a, a place. You know, when Paul's talking about it, you know, as far as the humanity of the Lord Jesus Christ, he was the son of David according to the flesh. God as I said earlier a few weeks back, made Himself a body. Yes. Right. Amen. And this body was the Son of David, according to the flesh. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Yes. And, and, and go with me way back into the book of Second Samuel. I know I, I've shared this with you before, but we're just going to go back just to uh, revisit, which I believe it's... There's no problem doing that. Uh, Just to get an understanding, because a lot of things that are. When I I, I pray, this is my my prayer when I pray concerning the word. This is is what I pray. I say, and it's in the book of Psalms 119. You don't have to go there, but I'm just quoting this Open thou my eyes, or, you know, according to thy word. Help me to see the things that are hidden in your word, in other words. Uh, And and look in 2 Samuel chapter 7. If you read this story, David, of course, after the kingdom of Israel was established, and there he was, and he was building his kingdom, and, and David wanted to build a house for the Lord. So he took it upon himself. He was thinking about it and he shared his thoughts. He said, you know, I want to build a house for the Lord. Well, anyway, uh, you read the story. I'm not going to explain it all, but here comes Nathan back to him. And Nathan kind of speaks to him what the Lord spoke to him about. You know, and, and you read this in this conversation right here. And, and uh, he says in verse number seven, in all places wherein I have walked with all the children of Israel, Spake I a word with any of the tribes of Israel, whom I have commanded to feed my people Israel, saying, Why build ye not me a house of cedar? This is the Lord speaking. Now therefore, so shalt thou say unto my servant David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheepcote from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people, over Israel. And I was with thee, whithersoever thou wentest, and have cut off thine enemies out of thy sight, and have made thee a great name, like unto the name of the great men that are in the earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, that they may dwell in a place of their own, and move no more. Neither shall the children of wickedness afflict them any more as before time. And as since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people, and have caused thee to rest from all thine enemies also the Lord telleth thee that he will make thee an house. Amen. Amen. So here we see the Lord telling David, he said, hey, guess what David, I'm going to make you an house. Right. Amen. Wow. That's neat. But I want you to back up just a little bit here. A lot of people read that and say, well, the Lord's going to build David a house. Well, let me tell you something. That's not what he meant. Because at this particular time, David already built a palace. He was living in a king's palace. If you read the story, amen. There was a palace built for David. So he already had a house. He didn't just have a house. He had a palace. He had a king's palace. So that, he did not need a house. And that's not what the Lord was referring to. He was telling David, he said, I'm going to make you a house. I'm going to make thee a house. So what does he mean by that? I'm going to make thee a house. In other words, this is what the Lord is going to say. This is what the Lord is saying. He said, you're going to be my house. Right. Amen. Amen. Okay? It's almost like a parallel to this revelation. Parallel to this revelation. We're reading out of 2 Samuel 7 11. Parallel to this revelation. Psalms one thirty two eleven. Go there. Go to Psalms 132 11, And look what it says in Psalms 132 11. It says, Amen. The Lord... has sworn in truth unto David. Is that what it says? He will not turn from it. Well, it goes into a little bit more specific detail. Remember, he said, I'm going to make you a house. I'm going to make thee a house. But look what he says. He goes into a little bit more specific detail. The Lord has sworn in truth unto David. He will not turn from it of the fruit of thy body of the fruit of thy body what he says I will I sit upon thy throne so the Lord was saying this hey there's going to be a day when you're going to have a son David and that son I'll, I'll just paraphrase a few That son's going to be me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm going to sit on the fruit of the body, of your body. I will I sit upon your throne. Why? Because David was a king, wasn't he? Will I? In other words, the Lord was saying, hey, David, there's going to be a day when you're going to have a son. This is amazing. You're going to have a son. He's going to be a great, great grandson. But guess what? That's going to be me. Wow. Man, think about that. How many of you want to take revelation for granted? Because not many people are privy to this information that you have. Not many people can understand, like I said, Amen, the mystery of the Godhead. It's shrouded. And the thing that will shroud it is guess guess what? It would be sin. Mm -hmm. It would be blindness. Mm -hmm. Because that's why they couldn't really understand and see that who Jesus really was. Because what why? Because they were blinded. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. So that you know, begs the question. begs the question when it comes down to each person each and every one of us individually it's important to understand that I can say it over and over again probably you can tell I'm blue in the face but it won't really make any kind of you know difference for you unless you understand for yourself to be able to have that relationship with God, to be able to walk up to Him face to face. And I know you might say, well, I don't know what He looks like right now. That's not necessarily what I'm saying. It's coming to that place of understanding when God will speak to you and God will reveal himself to you so that you will understand who he is. And each and every one of us, our faith, amen, is determined, our belief in him is determined by that revelation, by our turning to him. Whom do men say that I, the Christ, am? There was another legitimate question. Who do they say that I am? Oh, they say that thou art Elias, or one of the prophets. But then he turns around and says, Well, whom do you say that I am? All this time of coming to church, all this time of coming in and out the right. doors of the right. church. Right. All this time of hearing the Word of God. If you were paying attention, yeah. right. something should have got a That's hold right. of you. Yes. Yes. Amen. You should have felt amen. something. You should have felt some kind of, yes. amen, urgency. Yes. Yes. Amen. What's the preacher talking about? What they preaching about? Who is this person, Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Right. An understanding, of revelation, a word that has come and has illuminated your mind and you're saying, wow! Whom do you say that I am? There's going to be that time, that moment in your life and every one of you needs to experience this if you're going to make heaven your home. You have to have this experience. Yes. Thou yes. art the Christ, the yes. Son yes. of the living God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Why? Yes. Because the Spirit of God is going to reveal that to you. Amen. you Where you're going to know who Thank you, Jesus. exactly Jesus is. Amen. Amen. So that's what it means. You think about Him. Yes, He is the Son of God according to the Spirit of holiness. He's also the son of David according to the flesh. Amen. God became man. Deity became humanity. They were fused together. Amen. Not confused. Fused together. Yes. That's the whole epithet of his what he is, the Messiah, the anointed one. Anointed. Why would they call him anointed? Why? Why? Because of the spirit that lived in that body. You know, we were talking about, uh, uh, in, our, in our Bible studies on Wednesday, talking about the, the laws, the Mosaic covenant, and the... Uh, the process and the order of them bringing all the different types of sacrifices, the burnt offerings, the sin offerings, the peace offerings, the drink offerings, all that all that has a, a purpose. All, he did all that to his people, hidden within all, all the, the ceremonialism and everything that they had to do to you know, make uh, to draw close to God. That was a way to approach God. So hidden inside all that process of approaching God. Was revelation. Revelation bringing them to that understanding of. They were coming into the presence of God. The Bible says the Holy Ghost this signifying. One of the things that was there as far as the bread was concerned. And we never got to that point. But when it talked about the bread. And you read that in uh, chapter, chapter 2 of, of uh, Leviticus. You read about all the, the bread that had to be, if the, bread was, uh, if the bread was fried or the bread was baked, however they made it. And of course, the, the, the recipe, everything that was concerning the bread. Let me tell you something. For whatever reason, God said, this is the way, this is how I want you to make it. It was always unleavened bread. Unleavened bread. Now look what he says. Mingled with oil. That's something. That's a revelation of of who Jesus is. Unleavened bread. He said, I'm the bread that comes down from heaven. Unleavened bread mingled with oil. It was mingled. It was mixed with oil. It was fused with oil. And then what did he say? He said, seasoned with frankincense. (laughs) Why frankincense? Why frankincense? Obviously, symbolizes. Amen. Uh, in this respect, it symbolizes a mediator or a go-between, an intercessor. Amen. amen. Ooh, that's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. Amen. amen. Think about that and you go. Wow, that's amen. that's amazing. Amen. But that's. That's in the Word. It's what you and I have access to. It's what you and I consume every time we read it. There it is. It's just whew, amazing. So when we understand that, basic, the basic element of this truth is this. That God became a human being. God became a human being, just like you and I. Oh man, there's so much to this. (laughs) When you think about it, you know what? When the Bible said, when when we talked about that at the beginning of this, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and all this. That was His thought. That was, in the beginning, was the Word. In the beginning was the Word. In the beginning was the thought and plan. God had this, amen, in His mind from the beginning. That was His thought. That was His plan. From the beginning, He needed, amen, He needed to to put this together, so He developed a plan he developed a plan where one day he was going to come to earth. Of course, we look at it this way. He never came to earth until after how many how many thousands of years after we don't even know. Because that that revelation is hidden in eternity. We don't know when way before the world was created that God was thinking about this. Doesn't right. say that, all we know is in the beginning so somewhere way back there in eternity, God had this plan in his mind. As I said before, we have been well thought of. Right? He had this thought that he would become man. So he had to, when he said, let us make man in our image. After our likeness. Alright, scripture. El-Ohim. So he had to have an idea of him creating mankind. He had to have an idea. Of course, we learned that last time, what that really means, the prototype. So God had to go off of some idea. Guess what he did? So he said, you know what? If he was the firstborn of many brethren, if he was the first of of creation, guess what? We're all made after the image of Jesus Christ. Because he was the first prototype. So he put it all together. Amen. You know what? The Bible, as Paul says, his ways are past, Mm -hmm. finding out. Mm -hmm. So you think about that. All this. There was a day when he said, I'm going to come to earth as a... When we understand, really, the purpose of the sonship. Because there's going to be a day. Did you realize this? There's no place in the scripture where it talks about him being eternal. But it does say about him being begotten. He was born. He had a beginning. Of course, you read that in in, uh, Galatians chapter 4. When the fullness of time was come, God sent forth His Son made of a woman, made under the law. So when that time came, God came into the world. That miracle took place where, amen, a virgin conceived. And that life was born in her womb. And after nine months, He was born into the world. Made of a woman, made under the law. So that he can become just like you and I. He can understand really about human nature and amen, human frailties. Human existence. God took that upon him. So that he can know what pain was like. Suffering was like. Even death. Because he did experience death. Temptation. Woo! He went through... All that as a human being. He experienced all that as a human being. Everything you and I go through in life. And you know what the Bible says? He was still without sin. He did all that. We have, a, we have not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet he was without sin. Amen. Whew, think about that. That amazes mm-hmm. me. Yep. But that's why the reason why he did it. That's why he came to earth. That's why he came to earth. The purpose... The purpose of some sonship. God became a man. You go back in the scripture now, in the book of Isaiah, he said, I swear by myself. Huh? Wow. In other words, I'm going to take care of this by myself. Right. <clears throat> There's not going to be anybody wow. that's going to do it. I'm going to do it by myself. Wow. I swear by myself. And amen. He severed Himself. Amen. That was the purpose of the sonship. <laughs> did you know that? Did you know that there's going to be a day when the sonship is going to cease to exist? Right. It's going to come to its, its end. Amen. 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 Wow. Does anybody know what the purpose of sonship is? Salvation. Salvation. What was the purpose of sonship? Yes, salvation. He came to save us. But what was the purpose? What is the purpose of of the sonship? The whole reason why he came down here for the whole world. Mm -hmm. (coughs) You and I. Yes, he. Yeah, he came to be the example. He is our example. Mediator, mediator. a go-between. Remember, I said the frankincense, intercessor. That's what frankincense re, re, uh, it symbolizes. Intercessory, or inter to intercede. A mediator, and guess what? The other part is redemption. He's our Redeemer. Amen. Those two things right now are, have been and are being fulfilled. Because guess what? People are still being saved. Yes. Amen. Amen. Redemption, mediation. But there's one, one part that has to be fulfilled. And you know what that is? That's going to be the role that he plays during the millennial reign as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. The thousand-year reign of Jesus Christ. Judgment. That's why the Apostle Paul said that. Therefore, knowing the terror of the Lord, I persuade men. In other words, guess what? All of you that want to just say, okay, just go at it like you want to go. I'm free to do what I want to do, live the way I want to live, say what I want to say, think how I want to think. There's going to be a day when you're going to stand before him and you're going to have to give an account for everything you've done in this body. What are you going to do? You won't be saying, hey, therefore, knowing the terror of the Lord, that's what Paul said. I persuade men. In other words, come on folks, that's what I'm doing right now. Yeah. Right. Amen. 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 Because you won't be able to stand before God and say your stuff. Amen. Right, right. 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 Woo. Amen. That's true. That's true. My my my. That's kind of sobers you up, doesn't it? Kind of stops you dead in your tracks. Knees <laughs> kind of shake when I think about that. But you know what? I love God and I know he loves me. Yes. And there's no fear in love. Yes. Right? So I know if I love him, yes. I'm going to be Okay. Yeah, if I love Him, I'm going to keep His commandments. See, that's, yeah, that's the difference. Yeah. I love Him, so I keep His commandments. Right. And His commandments aren't grievous unto me. Right. Yeah. That's the difference. So I don't fear. Yeah. That's right, man. That's right. long as you're doing what He wills for you to do. Man, what's... You know... Think about the contrast. I'm not, I don't want to go off. I'm not trying to go off. Think about the contrast. You ever notice that in the scripture, go back in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, he talks about choose you this day. Choose life and death. Right. That's what it comes down to. What are we going to choose? Are we going to choose life or are we going to choose death? What do you want? Right. Puts that before us and what are we going to do? Are yes. we going to choose life or are we going to choose death? Yes. Simple as that. Yes. All boils down to it. <coughs> So, so look what he says in, in John 17. Oh, man, I tell you what. You have to have, start to really get into things here. It seemed like time just... Ah. Mm-hmm. Did I give you a chapter? John oh, John 17. Okay, John 17. Look what it says here. John 17, verse number 5, it says, And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Think about that. How do you explain that? Well, let's use the word. In the beginning was, the, was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In the beginning, that was His thought. In the beginning, in, in, the, in the mind of God, this is what existed in the mind of God. There was no such thing as a three-person Godhead in the beginning. There was just God and His plan in the beginning. That's the glory He's talking about. In the beginning. In other words, Lord, I'm just saying this. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. But I think my paraphrasing is justifiable. He was saying, Lord, execute. Your plan is going to be executed just like you planned it in the beginning. In the beginning. Hmm? Let me read that again. Glorify thou me with thine own self with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. In other words, what you planned, guess what? He was talking about this. He knew that he was coming to that place where he was going to be crucified. The plan was going to come to pass. God's will was going to be done. So he said, glorify me, Lord, just like you planned in the beginning. Let it all happen. That's what he means. In the mind of God. So think about this. In God's mind. Long before the earth was made. Jesus was born. Lived. Died. And resurrected. In God's mind. It all took place. We were even thought of before. The world was created. So, think about this. Uh, Go with me to Isaiah 57. And uh, this is beautiful. Isaiah 57. This this is a beautiful thought. And uh, right around verse number... Let me see here. Make sure I'm in the right book. Isaiah 57. Excuse me. And verse number 15. Look what it says. For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity. Guess what? God inhabits eternity. Can you, can you imagine this? How many of you can measure eternity? You can't. You can't imagine, you can't measure eternity. The Bible says he's the beginning, he's the end. He's the Alpha, He's the Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He inhabits eternity. Let me tell you something. God can go anywhere in eternity. Did you realize this? There is the past, there's the present, there's the future. God can inhabit any place in eternity. He can go to any place because He's God. He inhabits in eternity. So you think about that. Way back then, God had a plan. And it was going to come to fruition. There was going to be a day when that plan was going to be executed. That's what happened the day he was conceived, the day he was born. It all, amen, was fulfilled. Woo! So he's a God that inhabits eternity. Now think about this. This is, to me, this is mind-blowing. I remember sitting down with Brother Hancock. And uh, we were just fellowshipping, just talking. Brother Hancock loved to drink tea, honey. So there we were, he was drinking tea and honey, and I was just having coffee, and there we were talking. He said, and you know what? He, we, we, felt, we talked about so many things that God did in his ministry. And he said, he said, Brother Marshall... I had this one experience. He said, do you recall where the Apostle Paul said that, amen, that when certain things happened to him, he did not know whether he was in the spirit or whether he was in the body or out of the body. I said, yep. He said, I had this experience one time. He said, the Lord took me back to the Last Supper. He said, I was in that room with those 12 Apostles and the Lord, he said, and as I was standing there, the Lord was showing me everything. He was pointing out to me where the apostles sat. And he told me their names and everything. He said, I was able to see that. The Lord took me back and showed me what happened at the Last Supper. And I was like. <laughs> and tears came down to his eyes. And that man cried, made me cry. He said, and I'm so unworthy to have experienced such an experience as that. He said, but the Lord showed me. Wow. Jesus. Ooh, I tell you what, for somebody that inhabits eternity, yes, he can do whatever he wants to do. That's right. Amen. And let me tell you something. I want him to do whatever he wants yes. to do for yes. you and I. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Because definitely any experience we have in the Lord is far better than any experience we could have out here. And obviously, because he's a God that inhabits eternity, he can go wherever he wants to. He's not limited as far as time and space. You know why? Because he's, he's the one that has, we're able to have time and space because of him. Wow, that's kind of like... <laughs> slosh that around in your brain for a while. <laughs> Amen. Woo. Amen. Amen. If you really want to have an experience, quit taking dope. Yeah. Quit smoking dope and meth and quit drinking alcohol. Have yourself a real experience. Get high on yes. Jesus. Yes. Yes. Amen. 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 The other part of it is What the Bible says about him in Romans chapter 4, 17, it says that he calls those things as though they were. In other words, that's what he did as far as his sonship. Back in time past, he said, wow, this is what I'm going to do. Man, it's beautiful, isn't it? Man, time's already up. Thank you very much for your presence and For lending me your ears. Taking a break here, and we'll be back here at 1 o'clock. But everybody's invited to stay for coffee and whatever. Jesus' name. God bless you. Thank you. Amen.